Healing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Strive in and at the straight gate. Straight is the gate, narrow the way that leads to life. You there be that find it. Why did Jesus say that? We're told in every denomination in Christianity and Protestant religion that there's many ways to heaven as long as you believe in with an intellectual consent that Jesus is the Son of God, you've got heaven made. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you just call Jesus and you're saved. Or ask Jesus to come into your heart. And they say, you're saved. Others will say, well, you say the sinner's prayer, you're saved. But that's not what the Word of God says. Will there be few that enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, Jesus said it would be few. But that's directly opposite than what we're taught. And when we take a good look at the Word of God, the more we study and see, we understand why Jesus said, straight as a gate, and there are the way that leads to life you there be defined. But wide is that gate, broad is the way to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Why? Well, as we study the Word of God and we seek Him diligently, we see that it is a straight and narrow path. And the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. When we take a look at Romans 1, which generally is taught to be uh, uh, a forbidden ground, if you will, to preach or to teach on Romans 1. Uh, you, you can come up, uh, be called a hate crime, simply by preaching the first chapter of Romans. But there's a key verse there about retaining God in your knowledge. And we don't understand that it's not just an intellectual knowledge. It is seeking the Lord diligently. So as we read, they're in Romans 1, and they changed the, the truth of God into a lie. Worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. And we see this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, were burned in their lust one toward another, man with man, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Now, verse 28 is what we're focusing on in this podcast. Why so few will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven? Now, a person's lifestyle and whatever they choose to do, that's their business. But for the ones that are seeking God to enter in, it is very incumbent upon us to know the truth and to seek and obey it. In Romans 1, verse 28, we're focusing on this verse. And when we take a good look at it, we can see why very few will be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, I know that's not popular. The popular consensus is everybody's going to heaven. No matter which way, uh, you don't even have to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, that you're a Buddhist or uh, Muslim, Islam, whatever the case is, believe in Muhammad, you're still going to heaven. That's just not the case. 
There's only one way, one truth, one life. That's Jesus Christ. His words are very straightforward. He said what he meant, meant what he said. Now let's take a look at Romans 1.28 and exactly what it means, not to the intellect, but in the spirit, the actual truth of the word of God. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Now there is written in italics, not in original manuscript. And even as they did not like to retain God in knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled, and there's 23 things here mentioned that brings forth death. 23 is the number of death. And we see these 23 works of the flesh that brings forth death to them to do these things. And we're told that, well, you can still do these things and make heaven. No, you cannot. And it says so right here. Now, we're going to mention the 23 things, but the primary reason for this is they did not like to retain God in knowledge. Now, the knowledge is not just basically gnosko, or we know him after the spirit, not after the flesh, but it's an epignosis. That epignosis is exact revelation, perfection, to know him in entirety, in essence, not just uh, an attribute of God, but to know him in exact spirit, the full revelation, the fullness of it. And that takes on a whole different meaning than an intellectual knowledge. You see, many people believe that if they have an intellectual consent that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, they're saved, which is not so. He requires obedience unto righteousness while you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you. For whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, even though you have the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If we do not obey unto that measure of Jesus, then it's sin unto death, simply because we did not do the will of God, or of obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. That's Romans 6. Now, the retain God in knowledge, that knowledge, epignosis, that is exact knowledge, fullness of it, to know him in entirety, unto perfection. And that is not just we take one scripture and say, well, we've got heaven made. I called upon the name of the Lord, I'm saved. Or ask Jesus to come into my heart. Or even the born of the water and the spirit in Acts 2.38. That's certainly a beginning. It's born again of the water and the spirit. Repent and be baptized, everyone, and view in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit. But then it's what you do in obedience and to the leading of the Holy Ghost there unto the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. In other words, for the perfecting of the body of Christ. For Jesus is not coming back for a church without that has spot or blemish or still carnal. 
to be carnally minded is death. That's envy, strife, hate, malice, divisions in the body of Christ, sowing discord among the brethren, at variance one with another, whatever the case may be. It's still carnal, carnality. But the ones that go in with Jesus have made herself ready, without spot, without blemish, a perfect, glorious church in the pure image of Jesus Christ, whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Those that he did predestinate, them he called. Now, of course, as many call few chosen. But the ones that obey, then they, many that are called, then the ones that are called, he justified. And justification by faith, and faith without works is dead. That is, works that accompany salvation, not works of the law, by which no flesh will be saved. No man will be saved by the works of the law. But the righteousness of God by faith. The righteousness of God is by faith. And that's how grace reigns, through righteousness, through Jesus in his work that he's done already in the death, burial, and resurrection and making the way, the truth, and the life for us. There, those that he did predestine, them he called, them he called, he justified, them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, not something less, to the perfect image of Jesus. And that is exactly what Romans 128 is talking about because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge knowledge in that epignosis daily eating the flesh of Jesus drinking his blood in the knowledge of God growing up in him in all things so you add to your faith virtue virtue knowledge and that knowledge is not just general knowledge it's doing the will of God in obedience working out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure doing the will of God, not your own will, but the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, it is based upon not only the foundation laid, but the greatest sermon ever preached by the Lord himself, what it takes to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he said, few there will be that will enter in. We go on, and he says in Matthew 5, Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Then, in Matthew 7, still preaching, teaching that kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, Not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Well, I thought everybody that called him Lord was going to be able to enter in. Romans 10, 9, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But yet, this is not a contradiction. Jesus states there, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in, but only those that do the will of God. Then they will begin to profess unto Jesus. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. Cast out devils in your name. We prophesied in your name. Jesus didn't say, no, you didn't. They did, but they did not grow up into him in all things. They did not retain God in knowledge, epignosis. Epignosis is fullness, exact glory, exact image, imperfection. And that has a 
a point in us in reference that we must retain that knowledge. It is a daily retention. It is constantly pray without ceasing, seeking the Lord diligently, asking him for and seeking for our daily bread, eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. It is a continual lifestyle to where we know the will of God and do it by simply obedience in the word of God. Not just, well, we ask Jesus to come into a heart or we said the sinner's prayer. No, because Paul stated, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, Romans 12, 1, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Not just doing what you want to do, lying, cheating, stealing. All drunkards will, uh, cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Those must be holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that is the apocalyptic sealing in the foreheads, the mind of Christ in Revelation 7. The renewing of your mind. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. It's a humbling, broken, humbling, contrite spirit, the mind of Christ that we must have and enter into in order to have the apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7, that in their foreheads. We see there in that God states that we are to be perfect. He says that in Matthew 7. Be you therefore perfect. Do the will of God. Then they said, Lord, we've done all these things. We've cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. Jesus will say unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God. And that iniquity, the mystery of iniquity, doth already work. It's lawlessness. Is not retaining God in our knowledge in a daily eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Jesus in our daily bread. That is essential, just as if a natural person and a human being that skips and does not eat daily at breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and they go without days on end, and because they do not feed that man sooner or later, through hunger they literally die. Well, the same is happening with the inner man. Now, the outward man's perishing, yet the inward man has to be fed. It has to be fed the word of God on a daily bread. And we're to grow up in him in all things, and the things are the things of faith. In all things, all truth. Not partial truth, not seen through a glass darkly. Because when we retain God in our knowledge, we will go to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That knowledge is, is the exact knowledge of Jesus knowing him after the Spirit come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It is knowledge, epignosis, which is exact knowledge, full knowledge, not seen through a glass darkly, but the full knowledge of God unto perfection. So we add to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, 
patience, godliness. We keep growing up into him in all things. Godliness is the God life. And then add to our godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is the bond of perfectness. Charity, it will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because it's not love. It's the love of God in doing his will. Not calling him Lord, Lord. And doing not the things he says do, but in obedience. Growing up in him in all things. And obedience unto righteousness. And then we will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Be thou ruled over five cities. Be thou ruled over, over ten cities. You will re- he'll give you the morning star. He'll give you a, a, a rod to rule the nations. As a vessel of a potter shall they be beaten to shivers to those that overcome. But to overcome requires the word of God to be strong in the young men and overcoming the wicked one, overcoming the world, the devil, and your own flesh, crucifying the flesh with affections and the lust. So it's full grown. It's not babies. The children of the kingdom will be cast out. And that's not just Israel. After the flesh, we're talking about, we have to be full grown. The bride has made herself ready. We have to come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ unto perfection, retaining God in our knowledge, epignosis. If we don't do that, then he says there will be things that will literally take us out. A reprobate mind. We don't get the mind of Christ. We do not get the sealing of Revelation 7. We didn't attain to it through obedience unto righteousness. We fell somewhere along the way. We put our hand to the plow, but we did not go on and run the race. Don't you know all that runneth in a race, but only one winneth the prize. What prize? The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus that we're pressing toward the mark. That's the top. That is the last letter of the ABC diary. Not the beginning, not the beginning of the race, but overcoming the end of the race. We sing the end of our faith, even our salvation of our souls. That requires obedience. And the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. Though that outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day, and grows up into Christ in all things, in all truth. And that's the reason Jesus told the disciples, I have many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he'll speak in me for all that the Father has given, given unto me, and he will show you things that will come to pass, things of truth. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we are to grow up into him in all things that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We have to have the sealing of God in our foreheads, the mind of Christ, Revelation 7, in order to stand in the last and evil days as a light among the world in darkness. We are that city set up on a hill that cannot be hid. We are the light of the world. We are that salt, but if the salt has lost its savor, it's good for nothing to be cast into the dunghill. We must obey Jesus. We must obey unto all perfection, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man. And that is reason why God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Well, now we're seen through a glass darkly in Pentecost, but we're not in the season of Pentecost anymore. 
we're in a higher season. Somebody said the victory season, they have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, they're saying you just prophesy and through your own prophetic word, you determine your destiny. That's worldly wisdom. That's what the mind can conceive and achieve, conceive and believe it will achieve. That's a Norman Vincent Peale book. That's not the Bible. What the mind can conceive and believe it will achieve, hogwash. What you do in obedience to the Holy Ghost, that's your salvation. And without that obedience, Jesus said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. For you did not do the will of my Father. You didn't do the will of God. And for that reason, could not enter in. For this reason, we don't get that ceiling in our forehead. We've been seen through a glass darkling in the Pentecostal realm, but we're not in that Pentecostal realm any longer. We're in the season of tabernacles, a total new thing. New wine that must be put into new wineskins. Who will hear for the time to come? Oh, that they were wise, that they would understand and consider their latter end. To the law and to the testimony. To the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and to the testimony of Jesus. If any speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. We're talking about perfection. We're talking about retaining God in knowledge. That is epignosis, exact knowledge of Jesus, fullness of it, perfection. And uh, those that we were seeing through a glass darkly in the Pentecostal realm, not realizing we'd gone to a higher realm, then that day will overtake us as a thief in the night. You see, God's doing a work, his strange work, bringing to pass his act, his strange act. Judgment he's laying to the line, righteousness to the plummet. That will reveal him, Christ, in the height, depth, length, and width of Christ, that he alone is God and there's not another. No trinity, no tunis, no binary, no oneness, that the man is God, and he's going to reveal that in the work of the ministry. And those uh, hypocrites that think, well, there's just one verse, Charlie's going to save them, and they're going to church thinking they have heaven made in a mistaken identity, will find themselves literally cast out. It's a very terrible thing where there be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not that God wills it. God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And repentance is believing and doing the word of God. Not just say, well, God, I, I repent, but then do. Don't I hear the word, but a do of the word. Such will be blessed in all of his deeds. There, the God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Not through a glass darkly. The full knowledge of God is in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. Second Corinthians 3. To the Corinth church at second letter to the Corinth church at third chapter. We find there the Lord is that spirit. We have this treasure. What treasure? All treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hid in Christ. It's in him who are hid, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be gotten out of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. We have to understand that. The Lord Jesus is that spirit, capital S. He is God. 
He is the Father of the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He's Elohim. He's El Shaddai. He is Jehovah Lord. He's the Tetragrammaton. He's the Loft to the top. He's the Alpha to the Omega. He's all the attributes of God from A to Z. The Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Stand therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free. Be not entangled again by the yoke of bondage, growing up into him in all things. And it says there, we all with open face, not seeing through a glass darkly, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, not seeing through a glass darkly, but then face to face, seeing through that glass, we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, full glory, epignosis, the fullness, the exact glory, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Did you see the progression? From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and to a perfect man, called unto perfection. And only those are the ones that will enter in. And those that have said, well, my pastor told me that if I just believe this one verse, I was going to heaven. Well, I'm afraid it requires obedience unto righteousness. A bride that hath made herself ready. A church without spot or blemish. He's coming back for a glorious church, not something less. Not something with backbiting, envy, strife, hate, malice. Notice there, he does not let them have the sealing of God in their foreheads. The mind of Christ, they don't get it. Why? Because he turns them over to something other than the mind of Christ. He will not be sought and found of anyone that does not diligently seek him. Except the man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Except you hate father, mother, brother, daughter, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, yea, even your own life, you cannot be my disciple, Jesus said. He is a jealous God. It requires all to him in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. He'll turn them over to a reprobate mind. They will not have the sealing of Revelation 7. They might have walked in God for a while. They might have attended church services every Sunday, I mean, midweek evangelistic services every Wednesday night. But you have to grow up into him in all things and all truth. That is the knowledge, epignosis. It's exact knowledge of him. It is not things seen through a glass darkly where we understand it in the sweet by and by. That is a lie. He has given us spirit, his spirit, to lead us and guide us into all truth. Nothing less is going in. Now that is imperative to understand. It's essential for salvation to enter into the kingdom of heaven, regardless of what a bishop, apostle, prophet, anybody else says, and especially the denomination. They're not going to stand there with you before the Lord Jesus. You, as a believer, are to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you, both to will and to do. You've got to do the will of his own good pleasure. If we don't do our, the will of God and do our own will, we will hear the frightful words, depart from me, you that work iniquity, I never knew you. For you didn't do the will. You didn't do the will of God. 
What kind of a mind is it then that we do not get? Well, it's a reprobate mind. God turns us over to that. All the time, he wanted us to come into the measure, the stature, the fullness of himself, leading us and guiding us by his own spirit, for he is the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ is that spirit. But we didn't listen. We didn't go to epignosis. We thought, well, just any old way will do. Obviously, the pastor says I'm saved. My denomination says I'm saved. I've got to make money. And therefore, I think I've got that covered. Well, you're going to come to a frightful end, my friend, if you have not done the will of God. What are we here for? For admonishing the body of Christ. Let's do the will of God. Let's get the mind of Christ. Let's grow up to him in all things and all truth. Because anything less than that will not make the kingdom of heaven. Just as Jesus said, strive to enter in that straight gate. Straight is the gate and narrow the way that leadeth to life. Few there be that find it. He meant what he said. Well, if we don't get that mind of Christ, what will keep us out? What is this reprobate mind? Well, he gives the 23 things of death. And he says, you'll be filled, all right, but it's with all unrighteousness. In Romans 1, verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness. Where do we get this unrighteousness? We have pleasure in unrighteousness. Righteousness is the truth. Grace reigns through righteousness. Romans 5. But we didn't rejoice in the truth. We didn't go all the way to charity to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. We didn't get that bond of perfectness, charity. We lacked it. We thought it was not necessary. And because of that, we're not able to enter in. Then they said, Lord, why? We, we did all these things. The Lord said, I never knew you. Now, that's pretty tough. To him that has shall be given. Take heed how you hear the word of God. To him that has shall be given, he'll have the more. But him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he has. He had truth, but you have to go all the way. You can't just run part of this race. You have to obtain. You have to run that you may obtain. All runneth in a race, but only one winneth the prize. What's the prize? The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Where you have to press toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. God's lifting up true ministers of the word of God instead of this denominational little babies, rooty tooty, fresh and fruity. But that will proclaim the truth, even though it sounds hard. But because they love you and care about your soul, they'll tell you the truth. But Paul said, have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. The more I love, the less I be loved. Well, that's just part of it. The world's going to hate you because it hated Jesus first. We must get the mind of Christ in doing his will in Revelation 7. Have to be full grown to get there. The newborn babes, the desire, the sincere milk of the word, they may grow their back, but they're not sealed in Revelation 7. That's a sealing according to birth. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. After you have received the word of God, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. But there's a growth. Then you're sealed again. And as you continue to grow up in him and all things, from 
newborn babies to little children. You see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I write to you little children because your, your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the Father. You've known the Father? Yes. You know Jesus is the Father. If you didn't know me, you don't know the Father, Jesus said. And the little children know that Jesus is the Father of glory. He is the Father revealed. And there is no other way to get to the Father except through him. Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. John 8, 24. But you can't stop there. I write in you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. That is Revelation, the second and third chapter. You've overcome. You're overcomers. And you don't stop there. You have to go on and get the mind of Christ. I write unto you, fathers, full grown, weaned from the milk and a full age, having your senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. Hebrews 5. You have left the first principles of the oracles of the doctrine of Christ, the oracles of God, the doctrine of Christ, going on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, doctrine of baptism, laying on the hands, resurrection, eternal judgment. This will we do if God permit. Hebrews 6, let us go on to perfection. That's what we're called for. And that are the fathers, those are the fathers that will be sealed in Revelation 7, taking the mind of Christ. And I write to you, fathers, because you've known him. That's from the beginning. You know the word of God, the prophetic word of God, the sure word of prophecy, the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that God gave it to him to show unto his servants things. How many, how many things? All things. What's that? All truth. It's the testimony of Jesus. It is the spirit of prophecy whereby you understand the words of the book of this prophecy unto the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. There we have the last book in the word of God. If we do not, have that ceiling in Revelation 7. We miss that mark. We find in 2 Thessalonians 2, because we have pleasure in unrighteousness, anyone, God will send strong delusion. God himself, because we did not like to retain God in knowledge, in epignosis, in exact knowledge, growing up in him in all things. And he said, the Lord, Paul said, before the coming of the Lord, the gathering together unto him, that there'd be a great falling away first. What is that? First Timothy 4, 1. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to the seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, having the conscience here with a hot arm, forbidding to marry, and abstaining from meats which God has sanctified by the word of God in prayer. And that wicked one be revealed, who opposeth all that is God or that is worship, so that he as God setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is the strong delusion, 2 Thessalonians 2. And this is before the rapture, before the catching away and gathering together unto the Lord in the air. He states that. And this one setting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God with signs, miracles, and lying wonders. For this reason, God will send strong delusion 
that they all might be damned who receive not the love of the truth, not partial truth, the truth, all, the exact Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, the spirit of truth leading us into all things in the season of tabernacles. Why tabernacles? We tabernacled and grown up into him in all things, unto perfection, unto the same glory. The same thing Jesus prayed for in John 17. Father, make them one even as we're one, that they may be made perfect in one, that where I am, there they may be also. There he set a place for us at the right hand of God. What he wrought to us when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places? For we are made to set together in heavenly places now. He expects us to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ now, before the second advent of Jesus Christ, when the Lord himself shall come the second time without sin unto salvation. To miss that mark, God said, I'll send strong delusion. God himself. Jeremiah 4 states, the prophet says, Lord, it is as if you have deceived this people. It's a strong deception. Saying peace, and behold, the sword reacheth even unto the soul. Oh, my goodness. What does it mean? It means that we have to come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. He's given his spirit to do that, not something less. And for this reason, God sends them strong delusion that they all might be damned, who received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The first thing you see with those that did not like to retain God in knowledge, epignosis, is they're filled with all unrighteousness. They are deceived. They have bought into the signs, miracles, and lying wonders of the false Christ. Not the real Christ, the false Christ. He says there in Romans 1, verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder. Look at that, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which do such things are worthy of death, not the things of righteousness, not the things of truth. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Going on with Jesus and all truth, Jesus said to the disciples, I have many things to tell you, disciples. He'd been with them for three and a half years. The disciples had walked with him for three and a half years. He's headed to Golgotha. He's headed to Calvary. And he said, I have many things yet to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he will lead you and guide you in all truth. Speak of me, all the Father's given, given unto me, therefore, he'll speak of me and show you things which will come to pass. That is what John gives us. There in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And signified it by his angels unto John. He's doing it now. There, revelation 4.1, there's a door open in heaven. That's not the rapture. It's a voice of a trumpet talking with John, the body of Christ. 
saying, come up hither and I will show you things. I will give you the faith, the faith in all truth, that faith in uh, the, the spiritual things unto perfection. I will show you things that will come to pass hereafter. Not rapture. I'm giving you the revelation of Jesus unto perfection. All of it, all truth. And John goes on. Well, there because we didn't go on. And we're not sealed with the mind of Christ. In Revelation 7, the service of God in their forehead. Then this is what we're filled with. And he says, these things, they commit such things, are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That's an epignosis. Not coming to the knowledge, the exact knowledge of Jesus. Not retaining him daily in our knowledge. It's not just a one-time thing. Grabbing one verse and thinking that's it. It is a lifestyle. It is our daily bread. It is eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood until we come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. Just don't miss this sealing, the mind of Christ, sealing the servants of our God in their forehead in Revelation 7. Without it, we will not make this kingdom of heaven. Well, we would love to hear from you. If this uh, uh, bears witness with your spirit, I know some things are hard to be understood, and but God means uh, what he says, says what he means, and he's doing it now. We're in a new season, and we're telling you what the season is, not some little rooty tooty, and you know, you're going to be blessed in victory and not even knowing what the will of God is, you know, prophesying your, your house, your land, your car. <laughs> We're talking about the Word of God coming in to measure the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. And that requires obedience, my friend. If this rings a bell, if it bears witness with your spirit, give me a call. I'm Dennis Beard. Uh, the country code is 1 plus 903 746 4885. Now you leave a message here, I'll get back to you. Also, you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906 Longview, Texas. Zip code 75606. You can message me there at sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings of support, your financial giving, by which we're able to keep the podcast coming to you over the air. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.